Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. It's time for a new alignment between body and soul, earth and cosmos, and heart and mind. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Weiss. And today to help me usher in this new alignment, I have Terry Ann Hyman. Terry is a powerhouse who helps women regain self-confidence and trust in their inner guidance. Her first book, Confessions of a Shower Tapper, The Ultimate Guide to Living Your Purpose with EFT, is available on Amazon. Terry, I just love the name of that book. So tell us, Terry, and welcome. Tell us how that name came about. How did you write that book with that title? Sarah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it is kind of a funny title. And if you don't quite know what emotional freedom technique is, you wonder like, what does she mean? You know, tapping. But the book came about because it's kind of a long story. But um, (laughs) when I moved back from New York after 35 years of living in New York and returned to my hometown, and brought my spiritual work with me. Nobody knew what I was doing. They didn't know what I was talking about. I heard a lot of bless her heart. Now, if you live in the (laughs) South, that's not necessarily a compliment. And I pretty much was falling on my face. I had been also doing photography. I had a job in New York City, and I started to phase that out when I came back, and nobody was calling. Nobody was doing this work. This was my purpose of helping people spiritually, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And so one of the techniques I work with is emotional freedom technique, which, which is tapping. That's another name for it, tapping. Mm-hmm. And I would find myself in the shower, tapping on the frustrations, the overwhelm. What am I going to do? Nobody's calling me. And it would help to clear up a lot of that limited belief I was having. And then I would be able to go forward. So I was actually on my podcast. I had just launched my podcast and I was talking to one of my teachers, Ted Robinson, who actually is no longer here anymore, but Ted was an amazing tapper, amazing EFT facilitator. He was also a criminal lawyer in New York who used the technique for his clients. And I said, Ted, I confess, I tap in the shower. And we got such a laugh on it. And he's like, you got to write a book about that. And so that's really kind of where the title came from because I, I do, I tap in the shower and to this day, I still... Lots of times in the morning, tap like, okay, what's going on? And just kind of tap through those frustrations. How am I going to do this? Help me, help me. (laughs) Right? And nobody can hear me, right? And that's great too, because if you know the technique, it is kind of silly looking, right? And so, yeah. And as you know, I'm sure working with the elements in our water is a very cleansing element and they really do go really well together. So that's really where the the title came from. And the book itself is really a guide to living your purpose. And it was 21 issues that I went through when I moved back to Birmingham to get to being able to do the work I do. What I'd like to do right now is take a moment to settle back into ourselves, take a, a breath, and we're going to open up sacred space here. Terry and I did a little ceremony before the podcast to get this going, but it's wonderful to be able to communicate through technology and bring wonderful things to your mind, help you heal your emotions, and also receive very high frequency energies from the podcast. And that is one of my specialties is I'm able to tune in and bring in these high energies And through this podcast, we want them to radiate out to all listeners. 
And Terry also works with these high frequencies, and we'll be going into that a little more in the interview. So take a moment, breathe, settle into your body, feel yourself sitting wherever you are or standing so that you have a palpable sense of being in a body and connecting with your feet to the earth, to the mother, to the great mother, to your heart, and to the spirit that enlightens us all. So now as you're listening to this podcast, you can be receiving this high-frequency energy, light, healing, and receive wonderful information from my guests. So Terry, one of the themes of this podcast is how do we bring spirit into our life? How do we take that light and listen, feel, let it become part of our being, And then how does that path through you into life occur for you? For me, and I think for all of us, it's really just a matter of sitting still, being quiet, and just really tuning into what our spirit is offering us. And it can be that simple. The problem is people want to make it harder. (laughs) Like, I can't sit still. My mind's too busy. But that's why we want to sit still. We want to clear the mind. We want to let those thoughts move out. And then we can get to those deeper resources within our own self. And that's the discipline right there, just really showing up each and every day. But really, that's what it takes. And I think where we are right now with COVID and all is it's offering us that opportunity to slow down. And I think all of us can take that right now and slow down and tune in and Ask the questions, okay, well, where am I going now? What is next for me? As we slow down and as we get quiet, that's where intuition comes from. That's where those messages come in. And as we had said earlier, like those images arise. And that can be the greatest guidance for each of us right now. Many people would say, how do I know which of these images and thoughts are really my guidance? That's where the training comes in, Sarah, mm-hmm. because you can train. And many people think, oh, I've got to be gifted or inherited. And that's great. I mean, it might run in your, you know, your DNA. That's great. But the truth is we all can train this. So training and working with someone and learning some of the skills to decipher the difference between your empath energy, your intuitive energy, how you process energy, those are all the skills. And then you just start applying them. And then you start recognizing, okay, where is this energy hitting me? Is it in my gut? Is that a gut instinct or is it in my mind where it's a, you know, ego-centered thought? So we do have to train to get familiar with that. And then you build that confidence. It's amazing that this is not a skill that's taught from childhood on. I always have this vision that I would love to have all kindergartners tune to Reiki so that if a child falls on the playground, four or five little kids would come around and stand in a circle, put their hands up, and boom, the child would be happy again and out and playing again. And wouldn't that be nice if that was part of our society and we learned these types of healing arts skills that are so natural to us from the very yes. beginning? 
It would be awesome. And you know what? Little kids do have this when they come in. It's just that then society puts them in a box and takes it away. What do you mean? You can't color the trees, you know, rainbows. You got to color them green. You can't do this. You, can, you know, and so we, they, <laughs> it gets wiped out or something, but I so agree. And I think that having these natural tools of healing can help us. And I do feel that the kids are coming in a little bit more. I'm noticing some of the younger generation or it's coming in more with like the curiosity of crystals and the tarot and even the astrology. Like they are coming in a little bit more with that curiosity and so the ability for us as teachers to really reach out and help our parents teach them to the kids and help our parents know that this is an important aspect is kind of going to be where we start. I know down here in Alabama, <laughs> teaching yoga in schools is like a no-no, although they are making some progress. And even teaching meditation in schools is a no-no. You have to call it like relaxation. But we are making some progress because it is, it is starting to catch on down here. And I think all over we do need this. And they've had so many wonderful effects wonderful you know research done on like the maharishi effect when people you know meditate together it does make a difference so i think that you know it's it's things like this reaching out and talking and educating people that will help us to bring this in and i totally share in that vision with you i would like to move into something a little deeper now that i know you work with and i work with as well because this is what people might be bumping into as they're trying to develop their intuition or trying to tune in. And I know you work with removing imprints and soul contracts and things like this. And I'm wondering if you could explain how that type of energy uh, blockage or impediment might be released, relieved, cleared from the type of work you do. Yeah, it's such an important work. And I guess if we were just to kind of say, let's start looking at it in general terms. Like if you were to think about something in your life that keeps repeating, that keeps coming up, maybe you keep attracting the wrong person. Maybe you're, you know, financially, you only can get to a certain level. Maybe even like physically with your health, like you keep coming around the same thing. Maybe it's like weight, you know, that kind of thing. And so we have these things that keep getting in our way and we can't seem to move forward. That's what we call imprints. So we have many different imprints, imprints, especially from childhood, as we're taught with the emotional freedom technique, ages between two and seven, we start bringing in these imprints, start bringing in these limited beliefs that the ego holds on to. So the ego is simply trying to protect you. It doesn't know the difference between past or present. So that's part of it is that the ego thinks it's trying to protect you as these imprints come in, but you want to move forward. You want to raise your ceiling. You want to go beyond, but you keep being blocked. So in the subconscious level, there is something that keeps coming back around. Now we can go deeper with that and say that we bring in imprints from past lives and this life triggers what we brought in from the past life. And this is where spiritual contracts come in. We make a contract. I'll never do that again. If, you know, like, oh, give me another chance. I won't do this again. And so we bring in these contracts, not being aware of it. We get triggered in this lifetime. And then all of a sudden we can't figure out like, why can't I move forward? Why am I still being stuck? So that's kind of what I mean by an imprint. How, how do these imprints block intuition? How do they filter out aspects of your true guidance? <laughs> 
So I'll use an example of myself. And I talk about this in my book. I was um, growing up in my family. I had somewhat of a weight problem. Now I look at it as I was an empath and I was balancing that empath energy out with eating, but I didn't know that then. So in my family, I was the one that was a little bit overweight compared to my sisters and my brothers. And so I actually ended up having to go to quote unquote, a fat doctor. And I got teased about it. And even from early on in like, you know, like even elementary school in the playground, I was teased for being a little bit overweight. All right. I'll be nice to myself. <laughs> I was being, you know, I was teased. And so this imprint kind of stays with me in all my life. I've, you know, kind of struggled with it. I've learned how to eat and I'm a lot better at it now, but that's an imprint that we hold on to. So one of the things that happened was when I moved back to Birmingham, I came back to help my parents um, back in 2012, I moved back here. And when you move back, like you've been away for 35 years, I come back to Birmingham and I just come back into the energy of where that was for me. That's an imprint. And so I'm out in the community. I'm trying to do this work. It's not being successful. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. And I ran into a woman that was like a, um, a teacher for me when I was in like fourth grade, Hebrew teacher for me. And she said to me, oh, I remember you. You were the fat one. Oh, <laughs> 35 years ago, right? And that imprint came at me. And so what I started thinking was like, okay, that's what it is. Like, I can't, like, I, I can't go out and talk to people until I lose weight. I must still be fat. That's why nobody's calling me. And so that was so counterintuitive to my intuition, but that was an imprint from a very young age. And here's somebody I hadn't seen in a while. And that's what she's saying to me. I'm already different, right? I'm already spiritual, you know, Sarah, I tell people like I left Birmingham as a, as a white Jewish Southern girl and I returned as an interfaith minister of spiritual counseling. It's like, what? So I'm already different, right? And so all of these imprints are hitting me. And so it's totally blocking my intuition because it's hitting me on the ego level and the logical mind. So here I'm thinking, oh, if I just look better, people are going to call me. That's not really true, right? <laughs> right. And can you take us through the process that you had to go through to get back to your truth? Yeah. So it did take me a little bit of like, okay, let me go diet. And know if I look better, then I can get out and talk to people. I can go speak. So I went through all of that like craziness of the mind limits and beliefs. And that's again, where tapping came in. So I just started tapping on like all the silly things that go in our head. Like, okay, if I lose 30 pounds, I'll be better. If I lose five pounds, you know, people don't like me because I may look and like, that is like ridiculous. So I just kept tapping and tapping and tapping until I brought myself back into the present moment which is what emotional freedom technique does. It brings you back into the present. It works on the amygdala of the brain. It starts to lower your cortisol. And then when I'm in present tense, I'm like, wait a minute, Tara, you've done a lot of work. You look really good. You practice yoga. You eat really healthy. That has nothing to do with it. That's an old imprint. And so as we worked to release the imprints, I realized that had nothing to do with me getting visible, that there was other things I needed to do. And once I moved out that logical, you know, that ego mind, I should say, I was able to then to intuitively go in like, well, what then do I need to do? And actually that's where my podcast first started. Like I need to educate people on what I do. So let me start by going into having a podcast and talk about so that I can get this out. So that's where my intuition drew, you know, showed me like there was other things that had nothing to do with being fat 35 years ago. Right. I mean, now it sounds silly, but when I was in the midst of trying to figure it out, it, it, it was hitting me at an imprint level from a very young age. As I worked with the tools and tapped it out of my body coming into the present moment. And when we are at present, that's when our intuition will kick in. That's when you can tell what those gut instincts are. That's when you can find those images that's going to help you and the signs all around you. That's going to help you then take that next step. 
Beautifully expressed. So we have these images coming at us and messages coming at us all the time about how we're supposed to be. And taking the leap from all the shoulds and all the limiting beliefs to jumping back in with this huge leap of faith to your true being, to my true being, to our listeners' true being. How much courage did that take for you? Well, that's a good question. And that's courage on many levels. Courage to go forward in the Bible belt with the work I do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Courage to get over the imprint of thinking I'm a fat kid still. All right. So there's many levels of courage, but really by coming back into the present moment and really tuning into my spirit and going back to the purpose of why I'm here, it's the purpose that's drawing me out. It's the purpose that's taking me forward to really move through those obstacles. Right. And so that's where the courage came in. And, you know, I think that we can also look at like, you know, success isn't really how much money you make, but it's getting up off the floor each and every time you find yourself there. Right. And so that was the courage for me is to pick myself up, keep doing this, keep returning to the why of what I want to do and go forward with that. And I think when you have that why, and I think even now in today's what's going on with today, finding that purpose to go back out to your work, finding the purpose for what you do. What is that? That's the courage to move forward. Let me take this a little deeper again, because this is something that I hear from many people in the spiritual realm that have taken the leap, have become present with themselves and have come to the truth of their being that I hear over and over again, that there's, almost like a little light at the end of the tunnel or some kind of inspiration that is beyond this physical world that somehow is drawing them, that gives them the faith that it's not logical. It's definitely a sense of our being. And, and for me, it's always like a little bouncing ball light that's always there keeping me, reminding me to be happy, reminding me to keep going. What is it for you? Um, Can you describe it a little more in detail? Yeah, and I think it ties into the work that I do. As a a spiritual counselor, I really kind of look at like, well, what are the contracts that we make when we incarnate into the earth? Like we come in for a reason. And that's really how I started my book. We come in with the soul imprint. We come in with the reason each and every time we incarnate. And many times we're not aware of what that is. And so we go through all these many experiences in life to get us to continually really uncover that. And sometimes people will run on the surface and they never uncover it. And that's fine, right? We meet people where they are. And then there's others that are going to sit and be quiet and feel like there is something underneath. There is something that I'm guided to do. And then we get a little more quiet, a little more quiet, and then it starts to come forward. And so for me, that's what happened. It just started like, I know this. I actually, you know, my story goes back to living in New York, going through a major divorce and really realizing I had not been listening to me. I had not been tuning in. I was so busy. So I had done a lot of work to figure out like, who am I again? So that's part of it. When we get to that point of digging deep and going in and figuring that out. And then we start to uncover this. Now, I also work in the Akashic Records, which is fascinating because the Akashic Records is where we hold imprints of all of our soul energy, all of those contracts we make. So as I study with that, and when I'm sure you teach us as well, Sarah, when we study the work, we're also working on ourselves, right? So we're looking into that and we're going deeper. And one of the things that I kept uncovering in the work that I do in my own practice to learn how to read the records is that I've done this before. 
this work is what I'm doing, like in many different forms. And it's not really so much the, what the modalities are, but this is part of who I am. And so I bring all of this energy forward and done this over and over in, in many different lifetimes. So my, my desire to heal, to help, to serve just keeps getting greater and greater. And that's where we begin to uncover those purposes, those contracts. So this is the work that you're doing presently with many of your clients? Yeah. And it is so powerful. And I start easy because we get into those little contracts and they can be the most, you know, most remarkable part of the whole program. But I start by teaching people first, how do you process your energy? You know, like we were asking, like, how do we know it's intuition? Not. So how do we process our energy? Are we empathic? Are we intuitive? What's the difference? So we start there. And then we start raising the vibration by teaching Reiki energy so they have that self-care. And then we get into what those imprints were, what brought you into this program. And by then they're trusting me because we go really deep and we uncover things in lifetimes that maybe not are the greatest, but the beautiful part about working in the Akashic realm is like, there is no judgment. It's like you're working in the higher vibrations. There is no judgment. We just really like witnessing things that we can love ourselves for. And that's how we move forward. And that's how we bring those purposes forward. Beautiful. So let's, let's just take an example of someone who says they want to move forward and feels like they know their purpose, but then there's all kinds of resistance underneath. And there's a, a gap between what they're thinking and what is in this whole realm of their energetic being, their spiritual being, their, their programmed being. And how do you work with getting them past that resistance that they might not even know they have? First and foremost, I'll have somebody that comes in and they're interested in doing some of this work and they need to know more about themselves. And for the most part, and especially last year, one of the things I really noticed is that, you know, they know they're an empath. And so they're draining of energy and they want to know more. And so they come in and we start learning about that energy, right? And so then they recognize that they have a natural innate ability to do this work, which we all do, but some people are more inclined to want to bring this into their life. And so then they start learning some of the modalities and the tools and we keep working. And then it's like time for them to own their energy. And then that's when they start to get a little bit like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can talk about this. I don't know what people will say. I want to do it and I want to do it. And so they want to do it, but here's that wall, right? So then we go into like, okay, then what is keeping you from doing this? Is it your own confidence? Is it you're not good enough? And we all have those core issues and those are pretty universal. Like I'm not safe. I'm not loved. I'm not good enough. So wherever that is for the individual person. And then that's when the Akashic records come in. And I start first and foremost with the tapping because we start to remove the limited beliefs in this lifetime. Like, where did this come back? Where's the first time you really felt that? And we go back to say like four years old. And we start to bring those images, those recollections of memories, because again, the ego can't tell. So the ego's working in present time. It goes all the way back to when they were four years old. And anything at all that comes to like speaking your truth or standing up for yourself, you can't do it because you were, you were ridiculed by your teacher in school, right? Something like that. And so the ego still keeps trying to protect you. Oh, if you stand out, if you say something, everybody's going to make fun of you. So you don't really want that to come in, but that's the imprint that's been stuck. So then we go and start clearing that out through the tapping and, and working through those limited beliefs. And then we go beyond that. We go back into a previous lifetime that was triggered by that incident. And then that's where we start to figure out where those imprints, where those contracts you made prior to coming in. And that's really big. 
once we start to move that, I mean, there's so much freedom that gets released. And then there are tools that we work with to help us to really work with that. As we all know, we have that neuroplasticity of the brain, right? And we can create new neural pathways. So once we uncover it, I believe that we still need to continually work with that energy and create those new paths. But the hard part's over with because now you've uncovered that energy. And as you do that, that frees itself up. And then you start working with like, oh, you know, and you bring the memories, kind of like we were saying, like, I've seen many times people have done this work in another life, but then, you know, something came up and they did something wrong and I'll never do this again. Just let me be okay. And so we remove that imprint and now they bring the, 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 the wisdom of what they had in the other lifetime forward. And then we remove the blocks and then using like the Ho'oponopono or, or the tapping or crystal energy or whatever the, the healing guides, the Akashic guides give us, we use that then plus all the tools we've been building in the program to help them go forward. And I've seen remarkable results where people now are doing this work. They're taking their skills and they're going and they're opening up to who they are in such a great way. Mm. So Terry, do you work with uh, any type of spiritual energy or guidance within you that when you're working with a client is guiding you? How how does that work for you? (laughs) I work with lots of guides. (laughs) So, I mean, like if you broke it down with my Reiki, I have two particular Reiki guides. I have um, one that looks like, like a Native American. It's got all these feathers. And then I have a little Chinese man that runs around working with me. So I call them in lots of times or they just show up when I'm doing Reiki sessions. And then I have one that sits right above my head. That's like a really you know, that has a whole story into itself, you know, back in my, um, gosh, I guess when I turned like 30, one of my first pregnancies I lost, I had a fetal demise and that little spirit has been with me and grows with me. And Mm -hmm. that one like stays with me all the time. I have so many visions of her. And so she's with me all the time. And then in the Akashic realm, I have a whole team. (laughs) I have a whole team. And like, I have a whole business team that I work with in the Akashic realm. We have meetings, you know, that kind of thing. And then the healing guides come in and just help me all the time. So I do work with many, many different, you know, it's vibration really, Sarah, it really is. It's just a vibration of energy that has a presence and then it shows itself and we just keep calling it in and it's just very helpful. It really is. That sounds really fun. That's what makes working with people and working with groups really, really fun was, is when you can open up to the multidimensional aspects of our wisdom and bring them in to activate everything in this plane so that people can become multidimensional themselves. When you're working with someone, how do you know when or how to help them activate their own empowerment? I truly believe I'm just the facilitator. I'm just the channel. And it's always up to them. It is always up to them. And that's where the healing occurs. It's them. It's them doing the work. It's not me. I'm just the guide. I'm the teacher. And I give them the tools. But it is so totally up to that individual person. And so part of what my purpose is, is to teach them these tools. And then halfway through, I turn over the healing running of energy to them. And I'm constantly giving them the tools. And lots of times people say, well, why are you teaching the tools? And they're not going to come back to you, which is really true. Because if the program is successful, which I see, they, they really don't need me because now they have this. And that's to me is the greatest gift ever. And that's what my teacher did for me. And so that's where I become very passionate. So I am simply the channel, especially with Reiki. We're just channeling. It's not up to me how much healing happens in that session. It's up to them. 
Now it's up to me to keep myself clean and healthy and do my practice. That's my responsibility. But it really is the individual person. It's their responsibility. And I learned this very early on through the work of Dr. Yasui, who's the founding father of Reiki, that that is up to the individual person. It's their responsibility to do that healing. So I simply become the facilitator. That is one of the best messages that came through in Reiki. I see so many people developing a spiritual practice and they feel so responsible for healing the other person. Yeah, I think that, you know, if I can recall some of my early days of doing Reiki sessions, you want the best, you know, you want them to have a big experience. You're trying really hard and that's exhausting. That's draining. And again, you know, very early on, I started realizing, wait a minute, this isn't me. I can do the same session, you know, format, the whole thing, and everybody's having different experiences. So what does that mean? That means it's up to them, right? And so luckily, I did learn this very early on. And so that has been very helpful. And I teach this when I teach the tarot too. It's like, it's not up to me to give them the message. Like they're the ones sitting there. And even though they may not like recognize what I'm talking about later on, they usually do, but we never hear that. So it's like, take that responsibility and it's theirs. You just keep yourself practicing and doing your own work. I have to meditate every day. I have to be, you know, do some kind of yoga or something every day. I have to practice my skills every day. But then it's up to them. And I think that is really important for all of us to recognize. It isn't my responsibility. And if you find yourself getting really drained, that's where you need to check in. I love this. This is a message that many people need to hear. So even if you're not a healer or spiritual practitioner and you're in your everyday life at your job, at your family, and somehow you're feeling responsible for how other people feel, how they think, how they act, for making their life as perfect as they want it to be, this is something that I believe we were trained particularly as women for early on, at least from my generation, that we're responsible for making other people happy. And it seems like a huge hump for some women to, as well as some men, but I find it more in the in females, to learn how to bring your energy back, your focus back on yourself, and attend to your own happiness. It's a, 100%. It's a, big, big struggle for some people. It is. And being raised in the South as a woman, yeah. It's like, you know, you're responsible for everybody else, not yourself. Like put yourself last. And I, I saw that with my mother, you know, like she always was taking care of, even to her last days, she could barely stand up. She was giving her seat to somebody else. Like, wait mm. a minute. Right. But no. And I do find that is a big empath energy. And one of the things I do teach when the empaths come in, it's like, wait a minute, you need to take responsibility back to yourself. Put yourself on top of that list. If you're not healthy, if you're not taking care of you, how can you expect others around you? Or like even like loving yourself too. And that's something we're not taught either, Sarah, is to love ourselves, to truly love ourselves each and every morning. You know, Terry, thank you. Thank you for all you did for me yesterday. You know, like, I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry I stressed you yesterday. I mean, these are the things that we really need to work with our own spirit. And we're not taught that, right? We're just right. not taught that. And I think it's really important. And that is one of the things I teach people like, wait a minute, you're not responsible for your husband's happiness. I mean, you have your job, you know, your job, quote unquote, in your own home of what you're doing, but you're not responsible if they're not happy. And even your children, right? I mean, even like right now with the COVID going on and so many people homeschooling and like the parents, I know a lot of the moms are taking some of the brunt of it, but it's like, wait a minute, you didn't create this environment of COVID. So you're not responsible. Yes, you can set them with the tools they need, but 
children need to self-soothe too. They need to learn these skills as well. So I think it is important that we teach that. That might be one, uh, one of the things that people are encountering as they're sheltering in place and getting a close-up magnified view of what's really going on in their families and their own being. I mean, that's one of the benefits of sheltering in place is, like you said, slowing down and coming back to yourself. I sure hope people are doing that, really. I do too, Sarah. And I really do hope that people are taking a look at themselves and not just numbing out and not just like spending time watching TV and, you know, that kind of thing. I really do hope that they are spending time doing that. And there are no shoulds. You know, my teacher early on, Catherine Barley, always said, don't should on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think it is important right now. And, you know, one of the things I do in my private ministry program. I mean, my private ministry own practice, I do help people who die and I don't advertise it a lot. And people come to me. And one of the things I notice, you know, that people that are at that state is like, they're loving, they want to let people know how much they appreciate them. They turn to their families, you know, and the gratitude and like, this is where we need to come right now is really appreciating. So yeah, all the parents, like, let's appreciate our teachers a little more, right? Let's appreciate our healthcare, those that are helping us out in the world, and let's appreciate our families. And if we're not happy, let's make some changes. Yeah, definitely important time to really bring that, that own happiness back into your own self and giving people the space to find that own happiness for themselves too, so that they do take responsibility because ultimately that is where it comes, right within our own spirit of who mm. we are and what we're doing. And especially that loving oneself, again, that is like one of the most important things I've learned in this lifetime. And maybe that was part of my own purpose to come into this lifetime to learn, but it is really important. And we're really blessed that you can share that with people. You know, I just noticed one thing, Terry, when you spoke about your ministry with people who are dying and supporting that, them in that process, your energy magnified a million times. The light got so strong, the download, the connection to your guides, the high frequency of the energy just zoomed. Yeah, you know, uh, it's one of the reasons I did decide to stay in Birmingham after my mom and dad have both gone on was I do, I took on a job from my mom from the temple here in Birmingham. And part of it is helping to prepare for death. And That is to me, one of the things that just like really lets me feel connected to soul energy and to who I am and the community that we can create around us. It is a beautiful, it's an honor to do the work. It really is. And yeah, thank you. To our listeners, this would be a good time to just pause and feel the frequencies that are coming through the podcast right now. Take a moment. Terry, I think somehow that we were meant to get to this point in our conversation together so that this energy that is coming through you that is just so beautifully refined and reaches into the beyond the beyond is shared with our listeners. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
Would you let people know how they can connect with you and what programs you have going on right now? And this will also be in the show notes, so you'll be able to refer back to that. Thank you. That was really touching moment for me, just reminding me, you know, really of the work I do and why I do it. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And, you know, that is one of the fears of COVID is death. And when we return to that spirit of who we are and that soul vibration, everything's okay. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can find me at terryannhyman.com. And I do have a free gift on there. It's a guide, five simple steps to setting up a spiritual practice, which I think everybody needs right now. And you can just simply download that. And all my information is on there. I do have private mentoring and I am opening up some spots for the end of spring into summer. It's a 90 day private mentoring. There's information on there as well. And then my podcast, Empowered Spirit Show. You can find lots of great resources on there as well. Thank you so much for being with us today and blessings, blessings, blessings on your work. Thank you so so much, Sarah. You're welcome. Blessings going out to everyone. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.